0: Welcome to Revival Town Podcast. I'm Chuck Tate. That's Andy King. Whoa! I think everyone's awake right now. Yeah. Tell you. Well, you know, it's <laughs> throwing down on? some coffee. I haven't even cracked open a monster. Oh, yet.
1: you have got to! Uh, I was go- I was going to do this earlier. You have got to tell us and also point it to that camera. What you have got on your mug right there? Because I was just oh, laughing to myself. It.
0: Uh, okay, this says. Pastor warning, anything you say or do could be used
1: in a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> Lift it up a bit to the camera uh, a bit right, more right, there, right, so yeah, that they can see it. Look at that.
0: Yes, this was a gift and um, and this is true. My kids would tell you it's true. I'm sure yeah. you've heard the same thing and i'm sure that your dad has probably shared a few stories that maybe you didn't want him to share oh <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the, the, yeah we won't go there but there's a lot of stories uh that uh have oh. been used from the pulpit you know and, and i i often cringe when a pastor goes there sometimes mine have never been bad and yours haven't been bad but there have been some times where you'd be at a church or you'd hear a message, and you're like. I hope he, ha- he asked his kids if he could share that story. Right.
0: Because if not, he's, he's, it's going to be a long ride home. <laughs> so I was in Kentucky speaking at this event and this was a few years ago. And my son Ashton, who's almost 15, this is when he was, he was a really little guy and I told this story. He was sitting in the audience with my wife and I didn't, I didn't think about it and he was pretty devastated and, um, I haven't shared that story publicly until we get the <laughs> Yeah, don't tell us the story. And as soon as I get the green light, though, oh, man, <laughs> it's going to go in a book, because it's epic. I'll tell you when we shut this
1: down. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but, here, but here we are, man, another another week and a great episode, which oh, we'll man. get to in a second. But, you know, we got to give Blaine Bartella a shout out because he was in town this weekend ministering at, at Rock Church, the church that I lead, and he led a immense breakfast you okay you
1: had a bit of chinese coming back up then or what you what know you, i'm you all right um <laughs> don't need deal with, do yeah, I'm I'm doing st- the high i'm <laughs> <it? laughs>
0: i'm dealing with allergies and yeah some stuff going on right now but um but anyway yeah blaine was in town for the weekend and yeah he came and, and ministered to our men and then he preached both services on sunday and it was such an incredible message about hagar and how god reach out, reaches out to those who've been mistreated and abused it was just really cool but another highlight besides hanging with blaine is we got you in on the action and we got together and had a great we went down lunch. to san
1: cody which people have heard about san, san cody san, the, san, the the restaurant yep san
0: cody is a a really nice resort camping yep. resort that is in our neck of the woods and i literally live around the corner and they have this restaurant called yeah. the Wooly the Wooly Bugger <laughs> right. named after a fishing lure.
1: Correct. But it's Correct. a yeah
0: it's just a really cool place. So yeah we had lunch there. Me, you and, and you and I had lunch there before. Yeah and we were the only ones in the restaurant.
1: Yeah it was like oh you set up a date for me and you and to have the whole <laughs> restaurant is <Dave's
0: laughs> mate on a date. <laughs> Whoa. So this time yes. uh, my friends Bill and Amy they're in a band called Black Velvet. They were providing the the entertainment the music and it was packed and we had in fact there was no more spaces outside we sat inside and took a long time to get our meal in fact I thought Blaine was gonna have to get it to go because I had to rush him to the airport did he make it to the airport he he didn't actually he's still there no yeah yeah, he made it um and he's in Colorado on a horse right now I just saw Instagram wow but um but no it was really cool for you guys to connect because you had You met him in person one time before but it was good for you guys to sit down and talk and i just you know
1: yeah i mean i think a lot of people may forget that what we're doing here with the podcast we talk to a lot of these guys but we haven't met a lot of them face to face in person there's some that we have connections with like a blaine or a martin smith or someone like that but we we don't we don't you know like we've never physically met dallas jenkins you know what i mean correct
0: yeah we're on a zoom Call with these people, yeah, and um, so it's all special when you can get a person to Blaine. He's been a longtime friend, just like you've been longtime friends with some people we've had. And but it was cool for you to get to get to spend time with them and hang out. And of course, I enjoyed that over the weekend. But for everybody listening, if you if you're if you're newer to Revival Town Podcast, we want to strongly encourage you to go back and listen to episode eleven. All right, we're in the hundreds now, but episode eleven features blaine's riveting story of everything that he lost because of sin and it's so powerful but god resurrected him and now god's using him to help coach men and pastors and leaders and women and he's making a difference in families and we unpacked his small group curriculum it's called katharos and that is in season five episode eight yeah and you can watch that one as well in fact blaine mentioned to us that that it's the favorite podcast episode that he's ever been a part of yeah that's good so you need to to listen if you haven't been able to listen
1: yeah you may be a new listener to what we're doing here we're at uh, what's the number of this one like 104 something like that uh well it might be a bit more than that i'm trying i'm trying to i'm getting confused so forgive me
0: because yeah you know, we we pre-record our interviews and then we come back and we do these intros and outros yeah, yeah. so it's all like today we just got done talking to um Scott Free, who you're yeah. gonna meet in a second. Honestly, one of my favorite podcast episodes for me personally, yeah. I loved hearing his story.
1: Yeah, and, and so um, you may be new though, go to revivaltownpodcast.com and hit episodes and you can just scroll back. And we have had some incredible conversations uh, with people. And there are some that we are reaching out to now that were in the early editions that are gonna come back on. Some of those folks, they were in the midst of COVID when uh, we started, and when they were on, so their world was different when we spoke to them. So now we want to get back and and really find out what they're doing now uh, in what we would call a normal uh, world. But today is an incredible episode.
0: It really is. It's in. And it's. Um, Scott was very generous with his time and was willing to just share his conversion to faith story, how he came to Christ and how God led him on this journey to start an organization called City Takers and then um, a, a church that he still leads, but some really cool stuff that involves Maverick City. Yeah. Came out of that. And you're going to hear the story behind the song, Good, Good Father.
1: Which is crazy, because uh, I'm friends with Chris Tomlin, who made that song very popular. Right. But he didn't write it, and we found out today. Who did? Who did, and how it was written, which will and change. why it was written. It will change when you sing the song it will change the way you look and view that song now. So it was, it was pretty crazy. It was cool.
0: uh, This is a great episode, so Scott
1: Free, we love you, man. So why don't you sit back and relax and enjoy this episode with Scott Free. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings
0: together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I app. All right, everyone. It's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. According to our guest today, pastor and leader Scott Free. He's just a man who takes this love your neighbor thing seriously. He's the founder of City Takers, an organization that is raising up urban missionaries that transform cities through hip hop, love, and Jesus. Scott is also the pastor of Crossover Church Atlanta and can currently be seen on tour with Maverick City. We are honored to have him here today. Scott, welcome to Revival Town.
2: Man, it's an honor to be on this show with you guys. Uh, man, I, I love you, Chuck, and it's an honor to meet you, Andy. Yeah, and I'm excited about what Jesus is doing. Like honestly,
0: hey, hey Amen. Well, it's been it's been cool. I, I met you uh, several years ago through mutual friend, yeah. and I met you in, in Peoria. And then you yep. were on a podcast that I used to host called Forty One Strong, and I've been telling yep. Andy for a while, man, we gotta get this guy on. It's yeah. good <laughs> it's gonna be It's going to be good. So why don't we begin by you telling us your story, how you came to Christ, and and oh, how that wow. led to what you're doing now. And of course, then we can we can talk about City Takers and Crossover Church yeah. and Maverick City, all that. But let's just let's who Scott.
2: Yeah, so I was a, I was a kid, kind of a grew up a knucklehead. I call it a knucklehead. <laughs> I, a, I grew up in South Florida. I grew up in Miami, Florida, um, probably one of the most diverse melting pots in our nation. Um, you know, I thought that was normal the way I grew up until I moved out of Miami into into Georgia. And I realized, like, whoa, hold up, this isn't, you know, this isn't like this all around the nation. <laughs> but uh, long story short, uh, when I was 12, 13 years old, I used to skateboard back in the day, back in the late eight, mid to late 80s. You guys probably remember, like, Tony Hawk when that was huge. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, skate, the skate culture was huge. And um, I got involved in skateboarding and hip hop music kind of around the same time, around 12, 13 years old. And I remember buying a Run DMC tape and a Fat Boys tape. I think and the LL Cool J tape. Those were my first introductions to hip hop music. And,
0: and for our young generation, listen, a tape is—it's a cassette tape—is what he's referring to, and it goes into this player. And,
1: it's so funny. I'm sorry to pause, but just this week, uh, I think it was Marcus Mumford has released his new album, but he has yeah. put it on tape. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, oh, which yeah. Is come so on, bizarre. But, yeah, bring it but, back, it was baby. Fun-
2: yeah vintage is now the new cool the cool thing that's in yeah but uh so so what was interesting is a bus used to come by my neighborhood on friday nights and i would see all these kids with skateboards jumping on this bus around six o'clock at night and this is in miami florida and i I remember skating over there one friday evening and one of the kids like dude we go to a skate park jump in and so i literally at I can't remember if I was 12 or 13 years old. You should jump on this bus on Friday nights. I remember the first time I jumped on it, it took off. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, I didn't tell my mom where I was going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this is before cell phones, right? Is it, it, yeah. Cell phones. And this
2: is before like signing waivers. <laughs> <laughs> and long story short, I, I could I could see it in my mind to this day. I remember pulling into a church. Mm at 12 years old it, it was sunset chapel assemblies of god church um in miami florida and i remember thinking to myself like and even as a young kid like oh man i got duped they lied to me they said we're going to a skate park and yet now we're going to a church
0: <laughs> and, man that's how we roll <laughs>
2: <laughs> and i and, and i'll never forget though i remember getting off this bus which now i know as a bus ministry right like and I remember, I remember looking in the parking lot. And the parking lot was full of skate ramps, and it was probably about 500 kids at this tiny little church mm. on a Friday night. And I went there for about two, probably about three years straight um, on Friday nights. And they used to make all the kids go into the sanctuary and hear a gospel presentation, you know. Mm. And I remember, I remember praying when I was young. I remember asking Jesus into my life when I was young. I remember doing all of the stuff at 12 13 14 years old but i never had a real uh relationship with them. you know Mm, what i mean i was just there having fun i was just there really skateboarding have a good time we're playing basketball all kind of stuff but what i do know is there were seeds Mm. planted in my heart then and so after that season i got into djing uh in high school and you know, when I started to do these parties and it led to clubs in Miami, Florida, it just it brought it brought that whole lifestyle along with it—the mm. worldly lifestyle of drugs, sex, you name it. So I started heavily getting involved in and in kind of hip hop culture yeah, through through DJing, and it led me down a path that led to destruction. Really, mm. I found myself you know miserable, unhappy, um, doing things that I knew ultimately were wrong. And in 1995, on my 18th birthday, I found myself in Dade County Jail in Mm. Miami, Florida Mm. on a drug charge. And I ended up getting sent to a program called Job Corps. I don't know if you ever heard of that program. Mm. Um, So I ended up getting uh, uh, my diploma and a trade in this program called Job Corps. So for the first time, I went from Miami, Florida to Asheville, North Carolina. They sent me like. Wow, outside of the state. So talk about culture shock I went from city <laughs> beach oh, to the mountains of North Carolina <laughs> uh, but I'm in a program with a bunch of guys who and, and, and girls who, who, who were just like me you know what I mean yeah all over the nation and I ended up graduating job Corps and going back to Miami and um, man I just jumped right back into it was a 95 was a really good year for me. But then 96 was probably one of my worst years. Mm-hmm. I went right back to Miami and just, and, and just jumped back in with the same friend group. You know what I mean? Making the same decisions, yeah. doing the same dumb stuff. And my life started to really spiral out of control. 96, 97, I got a girl pregnant. 98, my son was born. And I remember looking at my son being born in Miami, Florida and thinking to myself, I'm going to be dead or I'm going to be in prison for the rest of my life and I'm not going to see this young man grow up. Mm, yeah, uh, uh-huh. and, and I made a conscious decision in that moment to do something different with my life. And so that was the first time I actually got a real job. Before that, I was selling drugs, doing DJ stuff, all kind of other stuff. So I got I got my first job at a, at a restaurant called Bennigan's. Y'all remember that oh, restaurant? Oh, man. yeah, The yeah.
0: Monte Cristo.
2: Yeah, look. <laughs> they got the best Monte Cristo's. And so I remember I was getting paid seven dollars an hour, frying up Monte Cristos and chicken wings and getting burnt on my getting burnt on my arms and I mean it was it was brutal. And um, that was the year ninety-seven. Uh and when my son yeah, when my son was born in ninety-eight, oh, excuse me, that was ninety eight. When my son was born uh, the next year in ninety-nine, I got an opportunity to work at a car dealership uh, in Miami, Florida, that was actually opening up another dealership in Atlanta. And they said We needed all positions Filled in Atlanta Who wants to go to Atlanta mm. And in my mind All I knew about Atlanta Was two things I knew Outcast Was from Atlanta The <laughs> rap group <laughs> <laughs> And I had a friend In Job Corps Named Patrick Who was Grew up in Atlanta So I was like I know Patrick And I know Outcast, And <laughs> I'm in I need, I, I, need a, I need a new You know A new season in my life So I literally Grabbed my son His mom And we went to Atlanta right at, right in the beginning of the year 2000, really the end of 99, we rolled up to Atlanta. And it was about, first few months were okay, I knew nobody, I had a decent job at that time. And long story short, I found myself about six months in, searching out for the things that I ran from. Mm. Meaning like, I was really running, I was really running away from, you know, my problems and just people and all the stuff. And when I got to Atlanta, about it took about six months or so, I found myself going out and searching for the same things that I ran away from. But now it's in Atlanta. So the, for the first time in my life, you know, I always thought the problems were around me. The problems would come knocking at my door. But I started to realize that maybe the problems weren't necessarily around me. Maybe I was part of the problem. Mm. You know, maybe it's my heart was the problem. Wow. And so I was moving from one apartment to another and uh to to make a long story short i had a guy help me who literally had sleeves of tattoos tattoos on his neck i think he had a tattoo under his eye but i needed help i didn't know him it was a friend of a friend and he came you know you know how it is with men us men like we're 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 cautious about who we have up in our house right yeah yeah you know and this guy's coming into my bedroom you know lifting up my dresser and so i'm like man who you know who is this guy yeah but I needed to help because I didn't really know nobody. And so he's there helping me load up a U-Haul. And he's like, hey, do you mind if I ride with you in the U-Haul truck? I'm like, come on. And so he gets in this U-Haul truck with me. His name was Christian Dominguez. And he, we take off and he starts telling me his testimony, much like I'm sharing right now with you. And he starts telling me how he used to move cocaine around the country. And he used to you know, sell drugs, he used wow. to do this. And then, and then, in my mind, just being honest with you guys, in my mind, I'm like, oh, come on, man! Like, let's just, you know what I mean? Let's not yeah, go yeah. there. I'm thinking, like, you know how, like, a lot of times Christians love to exaggerate the stories. Yes. And so I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking this guys, like, you know, he, he's painting himself out to be like, I don't know, like the biggest drug dealer in America or something. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I don't care. I just need the help, so I'm gonna listen to him. And then he starts telling me the story when he was in prison how he used to go to church in prison. And then he says after one church service in prison, he got back into a cell and he felt led to just pray to the Lord. And he got down on the dirty floor of the cell face down and he starts praying to Jesus. And then he says something crazy. Then he says that Jesus himself walked into the cell. Now I'm really like, man, come on, man. I just, just, i'm not saying one word this guy's just talking 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 <laughs> jesus walks into the cell he says he couldn't look up at him but all he saw was light mm. shining and then he says that jesus started to speak to him jesus started to tell him you're going to get out of prison uh you know and i can't remember if it was like 21 days later or whatever the, the days were he told i think him. it was
1: 41 okay. days later 40 it was 41. No, I'm, I'm I'm kidding, okay oh, I'm there we go every <laughs> podcast we gotta get it in
2: Yes. 41 days later, right? Yeah, he right. says he's gonna get out. He's gonna he's gonna meet his wife. Yeah, he's calling him wow. in the ministry, and then long story short, you know, he goes on the the stories like 41 days later, you know, the guard calls his name. He walks out of prison. He walks into a blockbuster video, and again, this is weeks later. This is how old the story is. He walks into a blockbuster video, right. and there's a woman in the video store, and guys like that's your wife. He starts talking to her, ends up marrying this girl. Oh my they goodness. They both get called in the ministry so everything that Jesus spoke over him in the in, wow. in, on the dirty cell floor would literally came to pass. Wow. And so he's telling me this story in a U-Haul truck. You know how U-Hauls just have a bench seat. So the guys literally like a foot from me yeah. telling me the story. In my mind I'm like la- almost laughing at him like I just I don't want to hear this. I just need to get to where I'm going. blah yeah. blah blah. And so I stop at a red light and the best way for me to describe what happened at this red light is I had this vision.
0: Mm.
2: And the vision was literally, I saw myself in third person. And I seen where God, the defi- and I knew God had saved my physical life. Like there was things happening that my life was saved. My life was, in another situation, my life was saved. Another situation, my life was saved. And I knew in my heart of hearts that God had saved, in, in this vision, I knew that God had saved my life multiple times mm. and at the end look, and at the end of this vision i see myself um as a 12 13 year old boy with a skateboard in my hand getting on this bus mm. 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 Yeah. and for the first time i'm 25 years old at the at this time for the first time in my life i hear the father speak to me and he says scott i've been pursuing you this whole time
1: wow Right.
2: And I woke up I woke up from this vision In a U-Haul truck Because the car behind me had been honking I mean the, the light had turned green So all this happened in a matter of a wow. minute And they're honking the horn So I wake up and I hit the gas And this guy's still talking Right My heart's beating fast because I didn't know what the heck just happened And I realized I'd been weeping Because my shirt, you know those tears running down my my wow. face On my shirt and so I'm wiping my face. My heart is beating fast. And he's still he's still talking, you know, and he, now at, wow. this, at this at point is ministering to me. Mm. And so I like to tell people I had I had an encounter with the living Jesus in a U-Haul mm-hmm. truck. Man. Yeah. And, you know, it was 13 years after I'd heard the gospel as a 12 year old boy, never really submitted my life, never really had a relationship with Jesus. But you know what I mean? What, what this man who I know now was the youth pastor at this church that would pick me up and play rap music and have a bunch of skate kids and a bunch of, you know what I mean, knuckleheads in Miami, Florida, it really shaped who I am today. You know what I mean? It really gave me a heart for these people who, you know, don't really are not flocking to the church and don't really care to go to church. Because I, I wasn't raised in the church, I wasn't, my, my, my parents weren't believers. Um, they ended up becoming believers but through what God did in my life
0: yeah your your road to Damascus experience just like the guy in the u-haul truck which is amazing yes. I mean if Jesus did it for saul he did it for you he can do it for anybody who's listening right now maybe this is the divine um, appointment to hear this to hear your story
2: yes yes
0: wow, wow. so that's 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 amazing yeah I, I love I love hearing when God does stuff like that from a jail cell. From a U-Haul oh, truck, man. and and now God's using you, and you're you're pastoring a church, CrossOver Church, Atlanta. You're yes. the founder of City Takers. Why don't you you yes. you tell us about all of that? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So so in 2004, um, so you know, only about four, a little over four years after I had this encounter with the Lord, I I find myself first of all, I was I, I submitted myself to a church. I started going to this man's church. That was in the U-Haul truck with me Okay, and, um, <laughs> yeah, That's a good call I, I started, <laughs> I, started to, I started to serve there and I started to get Involved there and I started To uh, People at, at, at that church Started to recognize something in me that I didn't see in myself mm. and so I say You know again I Am who I am today because men Who discipled me And poured into me and so um, It was about the year 2004 I go to this Missions conference and they were talking about unreached people groups And they're talking about I don't know if you guys are familiar with the 1040 window And you know unreached people from around the world and Long story short they were calling for next generation missionaries to go to the mission field And I heard the Lord just kind of tap me on my heart saying that's you I want you to go to the mission field and so I ended up answering the call in 2004 I said yes to the Lord um And I was just willing to give it all up. I was willing to go wherever God sent me. And basically, I was already starting to get involved in inner city ministry in the city of Atlanta. I was already serving through my church. I was already doing things. And the Lord was like, no, I'm not sending you around the world. I'm sending you where where you're already at. Wow. And there's a whole unreached people group in the context of culture. Yes. In these cities that the church ain't attracting and the
0: church ain't really ministering to right not overseas across the street
2: across the street come on and so i said yes to lord in 2004 2006 we launched this organization or nonprofit organization called city takers um which existed really just to raise up urban missionaries transform cities and so it's really about loving god and loving our neighbors and doing ministry in the context of lifestyle specifically amongst the marginalized and the poor and the imprisoned and so we started to launch outreaches in areas that seemed like the gates of hell were prevailing. In. Mm-hmm. And so we would go to where the gates of hell are prevailing and just show up and love people consistently. And so we started to do that in 2006, uh, around 2009. Um, a lot of people over the years were like, man, they're meeting Jesus. But they're like, where's your church? We want to go to your church. And then I'm like, uh, yeah, my church looks nothing like this. Uh And again, I would even invite them to my my church. It wasn't like I was ashamed of my church. I was like, I would invite them to my church. But then they were expecting, because we would bring rappers, we'd bring DJs, we'd bring breakdance, we'd bring, you know what I mean? And then we'd share the gospel and people be encountering Jesus and all kind of crazy good stuff was happening. And they're like, man, where's your church? And I'm like, well, I go to this church, you know, feel free to come. And they would come and you know it was like cultural shock it was just totally different than what they were expecting and so all of my team went to different churches um and in the season nobody was excited about inviting people to the church and so now i'm like oh lord like i don't want (laughs) to do it i'm not doing it jesus like find somebody else i'll help somebody else start a church and so this 2009 so 2000 i started to really wrestle with the lord in the context of you know what i mean like starting a church yeah so even back then i was like man lord do we do it do we not do it i say you know what lord my compromise was this i'm gonna do a once a month service right and i'm gonna do it on a friday night just like you know w- w- when this bus mystery used to pick me up in mind it was a friday night so yeah. i'm gonna do a friday night I grew up going to clubs, DJing in clubs, so I'm gonna do something like that. So I'm gonna have a DJ, right? I'm gonna have the lights, I'm gonna have the sound, I'm gonna have everything going. And so we started what we called the City Tickers Experience in January, 2010. And we did every last Friday up to COVID. Wow. And literally we would have a thousand plus people in a building, youth, young adults, adults, fifty um, percent were probably believers. The other half were just either playing the fence or you know, you have drivers. some sort of church background, <laughs> but they're not in church, or they have no. We always say we we really have a heart for the unchurched and what we call the dechurched. Mm. Is they have some sort of church background, but they're definitely not plugged in the word. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: And so that's who we attracted. Uh, right in the middle, we do a little worship set, and I preach the word. Um, it was just kind of sandwiched with hip hop music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, that was my compromise to what the Lord was was preparing me for in 2009. Mm. And then, so we were doing outreaches throughout the throughout the week, several different outreaches. Uh, we w- we would do stuff on literally on the streets and you know in communities. We, I mean, do block parties, do door to door ministry, do all yeah. kind of stuff. We have stuff going on in prisons. Homeless shelters, drug rehab centers, schools, college campuses. And then we would invite everybody now to this last Friday. And we did that for 10 years straight. Mm. Um, In 2017, again, everything kind of happens in 10-year cycles for us. The Lord starts (laughs) to speak to me, you know. He started to really speak to me really about the same thing, about, like, his bride and his church. Because what was happening was... People were coming to all the city taker stuff, loving what we were doing, but they hated church. And then the Lord was like saying, like, Scott, you're married, right? If somebody didn't like your wife and they would publicly in front of your face talk bad about her, you probably wouldn't have some type of relationship with them. Mm. And he's like, you're allowing people to love me and hate my bride.
1: Mm. Whoa, that's good.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so this it's 2017 and I'm like, oh man, because they were they were coming to our outreaches, they're coming to CTE's experience, we stripped all the Christianese lingo out of everything. I didn't even call myself pastor, like, we didn't call it church. So people were literally coming to all this stuff, encountering Jesus, worshiping Jesus, but still hated church. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord started to really convict me. And he's like, what do you, you know, how are you going to let people love me and hate my bride? Mm-hmm. So I started to recognize like, you know what? Like, honestly, what we were doing has been church. We had been doing church since 2006. We just yeah, weren't come doing a Sunday morning yeah. driven church. And then so I started to really question like whether like us stripping out all of this language out of it is really helpful. Or is it is it helping people dislike his bride? Mm. And I came to the conclusion that it's helping people dislike the bride of Christ, a.k.a. the church. And so I, we started to call everything we do church, where yeah. there's two or more people gathered right. around the person of Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that that's yeah. in community on mission. It's off. It's authentic church.
1: Yeah.
2: And so I started to call myself pastor. Not not that I need people to call me that, sure. but I, so I need people to understand that you know what I mean. Like I'm shepherding them. I'm yes. I'm discipling them. Um, I'm not no better than them. But I started to bring all of this. Biblical terminology Into what we were doing And then the Lord started to take it even deeper He's like Scott I really And I started to, to talk to other people You know about what we're doing They're like dude what you're talking about Is just church you know what I mean In this season and that's when we started to uh, Just change our language yeah. You know what I mean Which is important And so in 2017 I went down to this church planning conference Called Exponential in Orlando, Florida. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. Yeah, yeah. church planning conference in the world. And I was there with a friend of mine who has a church in Tampa, Florida. And we're there. And he was um, doing workshops with church planning organizations because now in that season, 2017, doing church in the city was like the new trend. People are moving back to the cities. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and urban church planning, they were trying to get... Trying to get a better understanding of urban church planning, and so I found myself in this room with the guy who's teaching this workshop with church planning organizations as the students, and so he calls me to answer some of these questions, like how do you know how are you guys doing, whatever um, outreach in your community, or how are you guys getting the word out about the church, or how are you guys doing X, Y, Z, and so he calls on me to answer some of these questions with my friend Scott from Atlanta as a ministry called city takers so i start answering these questions because it's who it's what we do yeah. it's not like rocket science questions to me it's like oh we do this da da da, da. and they're like oh my god this is so amazing and they're basically <laughs> saying are basically saying what we've done with city takers is inverted the model of church planning meaning the traditional model of church planning is you go you say okay i'm going to go to the city we're going to start a church you know what i mean once we start a church we're going to start getting into the community you know what I mean? We're going to start loving our neighbors. We're going to start inviting the church. What we did was we got into the community, started loving our neighbors to the point where we had this huge following of yeah. people yeah. who love us, trust us, love Jesus now. You know what I mean? And now, you know what I mean? Like, you guys should plant a church. And I'm like, well, we don't, you know, and they're asking about when we need what our church. I was like, well, we don't necessarily have a Sunday morning church. What? And so they're all like, their minds are blown. So it was in. It was right after that, and I had to answer so many questions in these three days of this this, this conference about, "Hey man, so when are you start your church?" I'm at a church planning conference. People knew who I was. There's other pastors from Atlanta, and they're like, "Hey, when are you guys starting the church?" I'm like, "Well, we're not." And then it was right. It was right after that. Um, I go home to Atlanta, and. There was a friend of mine named Chris Brooks who actually just got a new job as the urban church planning guy for a, for a church planning organization called Stadia. He calls me, he was not at this church planning conference the week before. He calls me, he's like, hey man, I'm gonna be in Atlanta, I wanna come hang out with you. I'm like, cool, come on. And so he comes down, we're walking downtown Atlanta and I'm hanging out with him, we're, I think we're headed to lunch and people are like, hey man, Pastor. or oh, Scott, what up bro, Pastor, what's up? I'm like, what's up man? And he's flipping out. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that people recognize you, you know what I mean, on the streets. And yes. I'm like, well, I've been walking these streets, ministering to these people for the last 15 years of my life. Yeah, You know what I mean? Of course, some people are going to recognize me. And he's like, man, I've been in a lot of cities, walked with a lot of pastors, and I haven't seen this a lot. And so in my mind, I'm like, dang, that's, that's kind of sad. And so he's like, you got to let me help you start a church and I'm like Jesus like what like so again <laughs> 2017 this thing just kept kind of rearing it's head up like the, the Lord was just like knocking at my door like every day it was like something about planting a church and so long story short um, it's, it's a crazy God story um, I end up going to this assessment thing well first of all we bought, we bought an old me and my wife bought an old foreclosure house in the city of Atlanta and Um, I walk in, it's part of the story. I walk in the house and literally it was weeds growing up on the side of the house. It was, it was holes in the floor. I mean, it was an old abandoned house and the Lord started to show me this house finished. Mm -hmm. Started to show me like, you know what I mean? Like what it would, what it, what it, what it could look like and what it should look like. And my wife was like, let's get out of this house. What are we doing in this house? (laughs) And, I was like i think i think god is saying this is our house and she's like no let's, <laughs> let's get the back out of here <laughs> Uh-oh. and and we, we end up leaving that house and the lord allowed us to purchase this house and we got a great deal on this house and um fast forward it was about two weeks after we closed on this house we find ourselves in this church planning assessment in michigan somewhere off of one of the great lakes and um it was. It was. I don't know if you guys ever are familiar with church planning assessments. They're asking all kind of questions. They're they're yeah. trying to assess like your readiness whether you you know to, to start a church or not. Day two, out of four days, I get a phone call from Grady Hospital, which is the main hospital in Atlanta, um, saying how quickly could I get to the hospital? They had my father,
0: mm.
2: my dad was in the hospital in Atlanta. We had just moved them up from Miami about five years before that. His health wasn't doing. Too good um, over In that season And we ended up moving him Up and long story short Radio hospitals calling me saying how quickly Can you get here And I told them that I was like in You know in another state And they're like well you gotta Figure out how to get here quickly And I they, they didn't know what was going on And so I, in my, my Mentally I checked out of this church Planning assessment thing and my wife was talking to them and and I get a phone call about five o'clock that I got the news around two. I get another phone call from the doctor around five. It said my, my father had had a brain and it looks like he had a brain aneurysm and they're running tests and there's zero brain activity. Mm-hmm. And he just need you to get here to figure out what you want to do. Like we have my life support. And the doctor told me this, Scott, I know you're out of town, whether you get here. Today, tomorrow or seven days from now isn't going to change the situation
1: wow.
2: and so when when she told me that, I felt like the Lord was tol- was speaking to me to just finish what you were doing and go back and deal with that after. And so I ended up finishing this assessment. They mm-hmm. said, we highly recommend you and your wife move forward and plan a church. We said, Lord, if this is what you're doing, we say yes, we, we, you know, we'll say yes to whatever it is that you want. We go back to Atlanta, I buried my dad. The next month my wife is sick. We find out that we're pregnant mm. with our youngest son, who's now four. Um, and I remember praying, I'm like, Lord, this is way too much. It seemed like my whole world was unraveling.
0: Yeah.
2: Because of this church thing. Yeah. It was just like all, everything unraveling. Uh, we hired a contractor for this house. They they took advantage of us, stole money. They, I mean, it was like all oh, of this man. stuff. Like My life was going great until this church thing mm. popped up.
0: And you got a big target on your back. <laughs> yeah. And,
2: and, and long story short, I remember praying. I'm like, Lord, what the heck is going on? I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. Like, if this has anything to do with the church, I don't want it. And he said, and he spoke to me in this, in my quiet time. He said, Scott, everything that's happening in the natural is a reflection of what I'm doing in the spirit. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that sounds good, Lord, but you're going to have to give me some understanding and revelation on what that means. He says this, he says, he says, you're building a house to father the children. Mm. Naturally. That's naturally what I was doing. But that's what he was doing in the spirit. Building mm. a house, a.k.a. a church, mm. to father the children, to make the disciples, sons and daughters. Mm. And so I got up from that prayer. I was like, Lord, I'm all in. Let's go. This is 2017. So we, we, we started on this journey of building a launch team, build a launch team, about 100 people. The the church plan organization said, we should have about 15. We had 100 um, we ended up launching uh september of we're about to do our three-year anniversary literally come on we, we launched september 29 2019 and long story short we launched with about 550 people we lost pretty big uh, five months later the world shut down yeah wow yeah uh-oh and i'm like lord what the heck why would you, do that why, would you why would you do that <laughs> And long story short, our Sundays stopped. So Sundays we call Crossover Church ATL. Everything else we call City Techers. Crossover ATL is part of City Techers, part of the bigger mission, because we're not a Sunday morning driven church. Sure. We say, you know, we say it's bigger than Sundays, and it really is. It should be as disciples of Jesus. And so um, Sundays stopped, right? But we had been doing everything else for 15 years, and that that increased, And what i mean by that the needs of the community the neighborhood of the people increased so we got busier in the context of city takers and so in my prayer time i'm like lord like why would you have us do sundays if you knew five months later we'd shut down why about you know and the lord really started to show me that he was pouring out new wine on his capital c church but he couldn't we couldn't he couldn't pour out in old wineskins right and he started to show me how like, our model is really the, the the model for what he wants for his new wineskin church. And the model is the missional church. It has to go beyond a consumer-driven model into a missional model. Yeah. Yes. And where, yeah. where, where the church is on mission every single day of the week, the church is on mission as a lifestyle. Like, even in people's jobs and the neighborhoods and everywhere yeah. that... That that, that that people touch their feet, they're on mission, yeah. and Jesus loves the person they work next to. So who would they send? Jesus would send them to go work next to them, so that they could hear about the love of a father. Come on. So, so yeah, that, that's where that's where we're at right now. So we, you know, we do have a Sunday morning gathering. We call it a Sunday morning expression of City Takers, um, but we have planted missional churches all over the city. We have about 12 missional churches that wow. meet, some college campuses, some in homeless shelters, one in a jail, um, two what? in different communities all over the city of Atlanta. Um, uh-huh. and, and the goal isn't to get people to come to Sunday.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right. The goal right. is to make the You're to on make to something, man. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good. Yeah, well,
2: so that's where we're at, man. And one location one guys, is in the back
0: of a U-Haul with some guy with sleeve tattoos. Yeah.
2: <laughs> one of my guys who came through City Takers gave his life to the Lord and you know, actually, long story short, I moved him in my house for two years. His older brother wrote a song called "Good Good Father." Everybody sang it all around the world. He was a he was part of a band called House Fire. So while this guy CJ was living in my house, his brother, you know, wrote this song, wow. called "Good Good Father," and and the the song. A lot of people don't know this is actually from a place of both of them have the same mom. Mom is white. Both of their dads are black. Neither of them grew up with the dads in their life. Mom was in and out of prison their whole lives. So they grew up separate from each other, knew of each other, but didn't really know each other. They didn't meet each other till till they were adults. CJ moved to Atlanta to be a part of his brother's life. And CJ was like a knucklehead, just like me. <laughs> came came to a city tigers experience on a Friday night, seeing the love that, you know, uh, all of us had for one another, and he. I remember meeting him for the first time. He's like, "Man, I, I see the love that you guys have. I want that type of love." Wow. And I'm like, "Cool, just stay close." And long story short, his, his whole life gets transformed, turned around. I moved him into my house for two years, and his brother wrote this song called "Good Good Father" from wow. a place of not when his earthly father, but God is the Come father on. being. It.
0: Wow, what a fascinating so,
2: story!
1: That's so cool. So good. That's so, That's cool, so good, That's so good. Yeah, man. And so
0: and fast
2: forward. CJ, you know, I married him, baptized him. Now he has a baby and another one on the way. Um, his brother started to have this heart for like doing diverse stuff because they were winning a bunch of double wars. They're, they're they're performing all these white churches, and he's like, man, like he was mixed, and his brother's mixed. So why, why, you know, why is everything in the white church? Why can't we do stuff that's that looks diverse? And so they started to gather people from marginalized churches. Uh, like Naomi Naomi Rain and Chandler Moore and Dante Bo and Brandon Lake and they started to gather them and, and write music together and what would it look like if we got a diverse group of worshipers writing music in the same room that was 2019 and during covid those videos just blew up and it became what we know now as Maverick City Come Music Come on and so go they God. had heart Tony Brown who's the founder of Maverick City Music had a heart to go into to prisons with music but also to go into communities that have been affected by mass incarceration mm. and then so cj his brother he knew the work that that his brother was doing with city taggers so he called his brothers like hey we want to do this and then so they called me and long story short i started to help facilitate mission with maverick city music to the point where um they had a, th- this dream of recording an album inside of a prison and I knew it was going to take the hand of God, but I knew, like, hey, man, let the Lord use me to do that. So I, I facilitated getting a prison in Miami, Florida, my hometown. It's yeah. so another little guy, like how God, you know, does these little special things.
0: Yeah. And this so we is so go cool.
2: To prison, go to this prison. Seven. We spent seven days in this prison with these men writing music with the men in prison, oh,
0: come on. singing
2: songs with the men in prison. Leading up to the last day, we did a big uh, prison yard event. There was 1,400 men in this prison. 1,300 men came out to this event. And if you, if you type in YouTube, Maverick City Music, you'll see all of the videos. I, I was
0: watching, I was telling Annie about, I was watching a video in Maverick City, the prison, and Brandon Lake was singing, and the prisoners were singing, and I saw you in the background, right? I mean, that was you. I was yeah, going to ask you. I was you. there
2: every day. <laughs> so cool. I was there. I was there every day. And so Man. long, story short, yeah. short, city takers, and I know I've talked a lot. I'm so sorry. Crossover is a funny expression of what we do, and then Maverick. Um, literally, I do the same thing in every in, in, in everything that I do. Whether it's city tigers, Maverick, I'm doing the same thing. I am literally just leading men and women on mission. Mm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm discipling people to live life on mission. Literally, mm. 24/7 now, as now a lifestyle.
1: Scott, I know that uh, obviously you mentioned Maverick City and and they have absolutely blown up. Um, I, I was watching something the other week, uh, they were on Skid Row, um, and they did a, a huge yep. concert on Skid Row with Kirk Franklin, and obviously yep. with, with what I do with the Dream Center, and um, just the the crowd that are coming to the Dream Center is definitely the type of crowd that you're also reaching as well, and, yep. um, you know, we've just and I'm going to talk to you about this off camera, but we are about to open a recording studio in the Dream Center for kids yeah. who who have never even dreamed about walking into a recording studio because of where they've come from. We want to give them that opportunity to turn dreams into reality there. Um, 100%. When you're when you when you're going into cities, uh, whether it's with Maverick or or not, what are some of the things that are the hardest things for you um, to try and wrap your head around? Like, you've obviously got the power of Jesus in you, yeah. but you get there and you're like, God, we need think, help right now.
2: Yeah, I think I think the hardest thing is two things. One would be first of all, I know I'm not Jesus, right? So I, I can't save nobody. But, but I think when you go into a city, finding the right partners, they're going to love them when you leave and love them well Mm. you know i think that's always you know people want people say they want to but then when the rubber hits the road you guys already know the level i think that's always a hard thing like all right what happens after um but i think going in the first thing that's hard um I probably have. A, I could probably sit here and talk about this all day, but I think <laughs> working with churches, like honestly, I think that's 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 a hard shell to crack. Yeah, man, working yeah. with the churches is hard. Like, and I, and and it, because I feel like if people feel like it doesn't benefit them, then oh, why involve in it?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah right. and you know, and again, because we're we're such a Sunday morning driven.
0: Consumeristic,
2: yeah, yeah. Consumer, that that that's the that's the thing that we constantly battle. It's like no, it's not going to benefit you. It's going to benefit you spiritually, right? Right. From the right. It's the kingdom, right? Yes, yes. But it's not going to it's not going to put butts in the seats, right? Right. You know, I think the church is so,
0: cool. so but put people in the kingdom, though. Butts,
2: butts, budgets, and buildings, <laughs> because you know, like, but but it's not going to benefit none of that. It's going to benefit the kingdom it's going to benefit this man or this 12 year old kid with a skateboard in his hand who doesn't know jesus yeah. that's who's going to benefit. you don't know what that 12 year old kid is going to go on to do yeah yeah and i think if we start having an eternal perspective i think we'll get more yeses and but that's the, that's probably the hardest thing trying to get churches involved in what we do in these cities, for instance, the 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 Skid Row thing, we worked with the L.A. Mission, much like a Dream Center, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah. they're huge. Um, but I probably count on one hand how many churches were there. Yeah,
0: wow. Less,
2: less than one hand. But yet, you know what I mean? Like Matt, you know Maverick City Music, Kurt Franklin, L.A. Mission. Um, I got up in front of I got up in front of twenty thousand people at the Staples Center. Man. Sunday or Saturday night. And the event was Monday at Skid Row. I told 20,000 people about what we were going to do on Skid Row. And probably from that concert, I don't know. I'm going to guess maybe 20 showed, wow. to 20 showed up to Skid Row to Skid Row. Yeah. To Skid Row on that Monday. And again, I'm not saying it. I'm not, I'm not saying more should have came. I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean? People work. People have lives. I sure, get it. Sure. but the percentages is off a little bit. Like, yeah. let's just be real. You know? <laughs> right, like, right. <laughs> the
0: wow. Is off. Talk about perspective, yeah. man.
2: Yeah, and so I think for me, you know what I mean. I know the Lord specifically has called me to help the church realize, like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, man, we we need to be church on mission. And I think everybody understands that. The question is, how do we get people? You know, from the consumer mindset to the missional mindset.
0: Right, right.
2: So my, life, my life matters. God loves me. God has called me. God has set me apart. God's gifted me to be a light and be a minister of the gospel. I'm a nurse, but I'm a minister of the gospel. I work at Walmart, but I'm a right. minister of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm a recording artist, but I'm a minister. Of the yes.
0: Gospel. Right, man. Well, we, we,
2: try, we, we, try to, we try to teach that, affirm that in people and then send people out.
0: Man, I love it. I love it. And and I, I know there's people listening right now, and maybe they've heard you talk, and this is a divine appointment, and something that you said has, has spoken to them, and maybe, maybe they've been encountering Jesus, and God's been speaking to them about launching them into something, and, and perhaps a, a pastor who's listening in another state or who who realizes, you know what, we need to get our church on mission with Jesus's mission, can you take a moment and just pray for everyone listening? Whether it's an individual, whether it's a teenager, a single mom, pastor, lay leader, um, this is good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, man,
2: I would love that. Let's pray, Father. We just thank you so much that your son and daughter would would that's listening right now Jesus. would just encounter you in a supernatural way, maybe unlike they've ever encountered you before. That you're stirring something up in them, Father. This mission, this movement, Father, of Holy Spirit who lives in them, the light of the world, the hope of glory, that, that, that the temple is where the Holy Spirit dwells. Old Testament, that, that it was a building, but New Testament, they are the temple. And so help them realize who they are in your kingdom. Help them realize that their identity is in Christ and Christ alone, yeah. and that you are sending them out onto the mission field of their lives, As ministers of the gospel Lord I thank you Father that You've taken them on this journey And the journey hasn't been easy And the Lord never said it would be easy The Lord just said it would be worth it So I want to speak to you right now Whoever you are listening to me Saying that it's going to be worth it Do not grow weary in doing good Do not give up For in due time you will reap a harvest So Father God I just pray Right now in the name of Jesus that you just show them who they are. Yes. That you show them their gifting. That you show them their talent. That they'll use it all for your glory. That we deny ourselves every single day. And we follow you, Father. Yes, Jesus. We love you so much. We're grateful for life. We're grateful that we get to hear this podcast. We're grateful for your word. And we're grateful for your church, your bride. We love you so much. In yes. Jesus' name.
1: Amen. 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 Well, Scott, how can uh, people connect with you? Um, I know that your story and what you're doing also, um, yeah. people are going to want to really, really connect. What is the best yeah. way to follow you? What websites, things like that?
2: Yeah. So all of my social media, my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter, I even got a TikTok now. How to get on TikTok.
0: Hey, man, <laughs> I, I got to find you because I am addicted to TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag TikTok Tate TikTok. is in the house. <laughs> Come on, bro.
2: I got uh, my, all of it is I am Scott Free. I A M S C O T T F R E E. They can find me anywhere on that. I um, actually just launched the personal website as well, at IamScottFree.com. Right on. Uh, the, mission, the mission. You can find everything on social media as well at CityTakers, C I T Y T A K E R S. CityTakers.com is the website. And same thing for the church, crossover church ATO on everything, crossover church ato.com as well.
0: Yeah. So right. Dude, right. it's been so good.
1: Everybody, go follow Scott right now. You're going to love it. You're going to be yeah.
0: inspired. You're going to be ministered yeah.
1: to. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out even more about Scott because it's the big three. Big three, baby.
2: The big Come three. Oh, I've been uh, waiting for the big three. Yeah. I don't hate that big three. Come on, uh, Chuck, know. do you want to start or do you
1: want to uh, – go ahead. Go okay, ahead. all yeah, right. Yeah, uh, you have talked about Maverick City, right? Yeah. And so you have been just been on tour with them. Yeah. What – what was now? You mentioned Staples Center, so so perhaps we don't do that one. But what was the most memorable night?
2: Yeah, Vegas. We were in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, partnering with with a, a ministry called God Behind Bars. And long story short, we ended up getting four people out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> one, one woman. One woman. Hold on, that's not it. One woman. We didn't get them out for the. We got them out for the night, and we had to take them back. We, we, we got one woman and four men. And long story short, um, we we flew in their family members and their children. And some of them, I'll give it, I'll give it a story of one lady, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but it's on video and you can go back on, it's on Maverick City Music's page. I might just share it on my page today just so you can see it. Sure. Um, they met their children for the very first time. One lady got wow. pregnant when she got before she got arrested, and I think she had a, some type of addiction that was a drug charge. She went to prison. She was in her seventh year of prison, and when she gave birth to the baby in prison, they took the child away from her. Mm. And so the child was seven years old, never met the mom. Oh, but in Vegas, man, we did this red carpet event, and we had the the the, the men and the women, the parents who were in prison still come yeah. and the ch- the children got to run to the parent for the some of them for the oh, very first time. time.
0: Well, we got to get you back on like in a couple of weeks just to, get, to tell us more of these stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it, was, it, was, it was pretty. It was pretty insane. I mean, it was pretty. Yeah, I hate oh, yeah. to use the word "insane." It's just hard to describe yeah, that right. moment. And and the only thing I thought about in, in my in my mind was the story of the prodigal son. Yeah, yeah, running running to the father. You know what I mean? And yeah, just the yeah. love. of. Of that So that was in Las Vegas Probably one of the biggest highlights Of my life
0: Wow Man Dude Alright This is um, this is n- not spiritual whatsoever
1: Well you're, you're asking it So we're, you're you're not know, really right we're right used to
0: we that can, together, yeah. <laughs> um, No So um, if And we were kind of joking about this be- Before we started recording But if Andy and I came to see you In the ATL Alright Yeah um, Man where are you going to take us to eat?
2: Oh there's so many good places man Yeah <laughs> I'll probably take you to Busy Bees. Busy Bees is authentic soul food. Hmm. Atlanta. Like, you know what I mean? Like You yeah. can't get more Atlanta than Busy Bees. Fried chicken, right. greens, mac and cheese, Man. sweet potato. Oh. Like, all of the good oh. Southern home cooking.
0: Man, Dude, we have it, revival all it, of it, a sudden. It, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, revival on cheese. Revival Town.
2: jesus lives there in busy beach
1: oh come on come on oh man okay well last uh last question uh you live in atl uh you know in atlanta um but if you could choose another city where would you live
2: Mm. new york oh all right
1: straight away you were there
2: yeah new york i love new york i love culture i love diversity i love people and to me, New York City is probably one of the most um, greatest opportunities for yeah. the gospel.
0: Yeah. Amen.
2: Um, like 800 languages. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean, It's crazy. Yeah. Thousands, yeah. thousands, thousands of millions of people. Well, and hey. So I see the opportunity and I see, and I love people. And I love that you can go outside and it's just people.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. Well, real quick, I know we got to go, but uh, bonus yeah. question. You're from Miami, you live in ATL. Falcons yeah. or Dolphins or somebody else.
2: Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, now you now, now you messing with a man's heart. <laughs> I've been a I've been a I've been a Dolphins fan my whole life. Okay. So I know what it's I know what it's like to take an L uh, <laughs> and then I'm a Falcons fan and we make it to the Super Bowl.
0: Mm. and dane tom oh, Brady yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. all right dude you know
2: what i'm 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 a dolphins and a falcons fan
1: all right
0: okay. all right yeah. all
1: right Welcome. hey don't worry
0: go
1: with don't worry i'm a bears fan we know how to lose yeah. as well so yeah. Right. yeah
0: i'm a cowboys fan but i like the bears cuz we live here i live in illinois but you know good wow. well dude this has been so good scott thank you man
1: we uh, we it's thank you awesome. for, for coming it's on awesome. to you know, it's been uh, been great getting to know you. Uh, I know the people that have been listening uh, have got to know you and, and praying that they'll connect with you as well, not just over this podcast, but through everything that you do. So we just wanted to thank you for coming on to Revival Town Podcast today.
2: You're welcome. It's an honor. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Yeah, love Appreciate you, you guys.
0: Yeah. He's a good, good father. <laughs> That's who he is. That's who. It is. Okay. No, that was a cool story, man, man. I loved it. Man, Scott, that was phenomenal. I love hearing all of that. Yeah. Fascinating yeah. story how God can put you in a U-Haul with somebody if he needs to. I mean, we I love the story of Saul on the road to Damascus and then this person who was instrumental in Scott coming to Jesus was on a on the floor of a jail cell yeah. who had an encounter with Jesus. And as he is telling about this encounter with Jesus to Scott, Scott has an encounter with Jesus, a vision that changed the trajectory of his life. And here we are talking about Anna in Town.
1: And you know what else was amazing was the whole story with Maverick City. And you had spoke to me early. He goes, hey, this is what Chuck said. He was like, hey, um, we've got to ask him about this brandon lake music video that is in a prison and i saw scott in the background and we come to find out it was scott that set the whole thing up
0: (laughs) yeah he still would have got them into the prison
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah just you know cool cool stuff
0: here on Revival Town. so good what we set out to highlight stories and people who are making a difference around the globe and man Today was a good example today of just was
1: that. Well, you know what's next, mate, don't you? Hey, let's do it.
0: So, you know when you hit that music, I got to be I got to tell you something. You know yeah. what I, I always comes to mind and to all you guys listening today, let me know if if you think the same thing. I always think the Sesame Street theme song is about
1: to come on. Ses- its and it's
0: Tate and his mate. It's not Sesame Street, but I always think of Sesame Street. Oh,
1: man, right. wow, well, that's, that. that's amazing. Okay, well. If, <laughs> well, if you are listening again for the first time, um, this is what's about to happen. We have done this and we I mean, we're in the hundreds now episodes. I will throw a English word phrase rhyming cockney, slang. <laughs> are you gonna attempt to say? I was it? gonna attempt it. Rhyming cockney slang. <laughs> it's always funny when you say slang. It's like slang. slang.
0: <laughs> slang. slang.
1: <laughs> oh man. So um, I throw something at uh, Chuck, who is from America. I'm from England, and you've got to try and guess this word from England. Yes. And um, see if you can even get close. So today I'll put it into a little bit. Context. Context. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Um, The other day, I had a sausage roll, and it was. (laughs) You remember when we had sausage rolls? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Okay. okay. Do you want me to put it into American American terms? Uh, (coughs) No. You're you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Okay. I had had a sausage roll. A sausage roll, and it was lush. Ooh. It was was lush. It was lush. Now I'm
0: thinking you've used Lush before. I don't think so. Really?
1: Okay. Oh um, man, you, you may people may have to message us if yeah, I have cause yeah, I, gonna,
0: I, I know that um, Superfan Susan is gonna know. She's gonna let me know. Yeah, so, Su- Susan, Susan has it, been throwing on the merch. Yeah, she just we just got a new picture yesterday from her. So you rock, Susan. Hey, today is Susan's birthday. Just hit me. Happy birthday. Susan, wow, that's nice. you are such yeah.
1: a great co host, yeah. Tell you what, oh man, the caring co host,
0: the caring <laughs> co So, yeah, happy birthday, Susan. But, yeah, Lush, she'll, she'll know. Maybe I'm thinking of Nosh,
1: Nosh, nosh is, is different, is, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, This yeah, is yeah, yeah. Lush. lush,
0: but I, I'm still thinking that maybe we did, but we'll, we'll Susan will tell us. All right, so, um, you had a sausage roll, a toad in the hole. A toad in the hole. That's good. And it, yeah and it yeah. was lush. It was delicious. Lush is delicious. That's my guess.
1: That's that's exactly right. Hey. Luscious, delicious. All right. Lush, on and, and so I was watching a show the other night. Uh, that was actually from. Uh, oh, where where was it from? I was I'm trying to remember where where it was. I think it was in Wales um, that I was watching, and they were eating. And it's a Welsh word, actually. Lush is Welsh. And I hadn't heard it in a while. And uh, they were eating, like, hey, this is lush. I was like, and that's a word for the podcast. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> get out your notepad. Yeah. So, uh, so there we go. Now, we mentioned about merch. Do you want to just tell folks how they can get some Revival Town stuff? Yep. Go to revivaltownpodcast.com, click on merch. It's a button at the top
0: of the site top of the page just revivaltownpodcast.com grab some merch after you get it put it on take a picture tag us we'll talk about it
1: yeah and also another thing that's uh, pretty cool is on our website if you click on listen it will take you to anchor which uh, eight, yeah anchor which is our main page um where we upload stuff but right it, there
0: it, it anchor shows you all the different sites that you can listen to the podcast on
1: sure sure and and so um i'm sure everyone wanted to know that chuck sorry <laughs> they're yeah because they're already listening so they're already
0: listening from <laughs> from their favorite podcast listening site
1: oh man but uh on there you can hit um a button that you can leave a message for us right and, uh, so if you leave us a message, we'll play it. Yep. And, it, and it's an audio message. Yeah. Voice, yeah, voice yeah. 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 It's so. not a video. It's a, so, so yeah, leave a, leave a voice message and we might play it yeah. on an upcoming episode. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Well, uh, Chuck, it's always great to do this.
0: Always great to do this with you, Andy. And we got to say it's great to do this with you listeners because we do this for you.
1: Yep. Yeah. So keep following us on social media and, uh, We will see you or you'll hear from us next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to revivaltownpodcast.com.